You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season. And this is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with a DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. The New York Knicks are one of the biggest underdog surprises of the season, so you could probably make some money off the backs of players like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Julius Randle. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 37, as Andy and I sit here late Wednesday night after getting home from a long day at work, and we are here to discuss the Rangers' momentum going into this week, into the next three games against New Jersey Devils. There's a lot to cover. We had the New York Islander game, which was... Uh, a halfway debacle and then we have the I guess Igor Shashurkin's first shutout uh, first NHL shutout as first shutout as obviously as a New York Ranger so uh, he joins the club and yeah uh, a little stir crazy right now Andy but uh, how are you doing I'm doing good uh, you know like you said the the Rangers seem to be building some momentum and even their Maybe they're not so bright spots recently. They have seemed to be minimized. They keep getting points out of these games. Um, they take three out of a possible four points against the Islanders, which is one of the best teams in the league. So, and you know, certainly one of the best in, in this division. So that's good. Uh, and it wasn't always pretty, but they take the first game versus the Devils, which we said 
you, you know, they have to get as many points as they can out of these four games uh, against the Devils, especially because, I, you know, Boston, who is right ahead of them, I believe they play the Islanders twice and Washington once in that same stretch. So it's a much harder stretch for them. So if you're going to gain ground, this you have to do it in these next few games. But they're off to, you know, the start they need. Uh, they've already overtaken Philly, you know, after the, they the Flyers put up yet another you know, give up yet another five goals, I think, to the Capitals. Um, I didn't see the final score, but yeah, uh, their wheels have fallen off. And with AV there, it's that's I don't know if it's much of a surprise to at least Rangers fans. But um, but yeah, the Rangers are, you know, it's not it's not always pretty, but they do have some momentum. They're settling in a bit and they're, you know, they're at least they're getting points out of games where in the beginning of the season they wouldn't be getting anything. You know, they'd be losing in regulation. So, yeah, they're on some sort of upward trajectory. Yeah, and you look at the, you know, the last game against the New York Islanders and obviously we didn't get the full two points. We lost in overtime. Um, you know, but you know, I I think you need to look at both of those Islander games as a pair and say, "Hey, we got 3 out of 4 points against um, you know, one of the top teams in the Mass Mutual East Division." So, you have to be happy with that, but at the same time, it's like you need to you know, kind of look at the standings and see where you are. And, and, you know, it's kind of tough to leave uh, such a close point uh, uh, behind, but you move on, you regroup, you know, you have four big games against the New Jersey devils and, you know, you go out and you pitch a shutout, Um, you know, looking at that game and just looking at how we played against the New York Islanders and then, you know, taking that game into the first of four against the Devils. What did you think was, you know, what did you think that the Rangers um, did? You know, well, I guess I should say, how do you think the Rangers played? Because I got my mic way too loud. I'm like in my own head. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, no, I, you know, the Rangers obviously you know, they got a shutout, but I, I feel like it wasn't a pretty shutout. So what were your thoughts overall of the game? Yeah, definitely inconsistent. I thought they came out pretty nicely, although both teams were, it was a little wide open to start. Um, and then Zabanajad scores off a breakaway with a beautiful little touch pass from Kravtsov, although I don't think they gave him the they didn't you know the stat trackers in the league didn't give him the assist. Uh, they probably just didn't see it touch his stick, or they don't think it did. Maybe it didn't, but it looked like it was a nice little kind of feather pass to Zabanajad, who puts on the Jets. Um, but yeah, after that, most of that the tail end of that first period and the second period especially were pretty abysmal. And Igor earned every bit of that shutout. It was well deserved because even though he didn't overall, he didn't face a a lot of number of shots he definitely faced some high quality chances and some breakaways and he stood tall so yeah I mean like I said it wasn't pretty but they definitely shorted up when they had to in the third which is uh impressed me a little bit because that's something that they've been bad about with when sitting on leads you know um Kreider does everyone a, a service with his play of recently and and you know Drops the gloves in the first uh, minute or two of the game, thus taking him out for five minutes. Uh, clearly wanting to show something after being demoted to the fourth line for stints of, of that uh, second game versus the Islanders. Um, yeah, and I mean, as far as individual performances, it was weird. I, you know, the kids continue to be one of the brighter spots and one of the better lines. Kravtsov played on almost every line. He was getting sent around everywhere. I don't know if that was just to make sure he got his ice time, but 
lo and behold, whatever line he was on had a great forecheck and had good uh, playmaking via him. He continues to impress me, and I think it's only a matter of time before he starts collecting points. You know, Kako came into that game on a point streak because, um, again, the kid line has been one of our best lines recently, and Heedle makes a, you know, I've questioned his playmaking and his vision at times, but he makes a hell of a pass on that second goal to Panarin through the seam. Um, and obviously Fox picks up another two assists, just moving him into sole place, uh, first place for points and assists in the league for defensemen. So, yeah, like I said, it wasn't pretty, but, you know, listen, you're allowed, teams are allowed to have bad, uh, you know, periods here and there, and they short it up when it matters. So it's kind of hard for me to be too mad at them. But again, I think the real test, like it was against the Islanders, is that you're going to obviously expect an even bigger push in this next game. And the Rangers have had a, a big problem being ready to show up on time for games. So you can't just keep counting on Igor to bail you out. So, you know, I think the biggest test will be when they play uh, for game two, do they show up and do they come out of the gate flying? Because if they, you know, that doesn't work every night. You can't just lean on him like that. Right. And, you know, uh, looking at the, you know, looking at the Devils and, you know, obviously they were sellers at the deadline, so they don't have Zajac. They don't have Paul Mary. Um, they had a, added a new addition, um, uh, Nico Heischer's line mate on the national team. Uh, you know, so it, it seems like, you know, the Devils were playing with a, you know, injured roster, I should say. It wasn't their best team that they've had all year. Um, but, you know, whenever the Rangers and Devils play, you're going to get the Devils best game. And I really thought the Devils played with, you know, a lot of pride, a lot of grit. They, um, you know, they pressed the Rangers. I felt, I thought the Devils played almost one of the better games they could have played against the New York Rangers. And they seemed to just counter everything, uh, you know, the counter, the effort right back, you know, and, you know, they, they definitely are taking pride in playing spoilers. So, you know, they know, you know, basically if they if they can win two games here, that pretty much ends the New York Rangers season. And, um, you know, and if you don't think that the Devils would love to do that to the Rangers, you're you're absolutely out of your mind. Um, you know, so looking at the roster, I honestly felt that the Rangers should have dominated more. But, you know, like you said, any any time you have these two teams on the ice, I guess you just. I said a last podcast and it just holds true. You just kind of throw away the rosters. It's it's just going to be a battle no matter what. You know, uh, Igor getting his shutout. I mean, it, again, y- y- to reiterate this point, I mean, there, there have been much easier shutouts uh, that have had to happen in the NHL. And this certainly was not an easy one for, for any goalie. Uh, I thought the Devils got a lot of quality scoring chances, um, w- which were, you know, deserved. And, you know, I'm sure Igor felt good. I thought he was going to go for the empty net, though, at the end to just polish it off. I mean, that would have been something um, to get, you know, get his first goal, his first shutout. And uh, and to be able to do that against the Devils would have been pretty special. Um, Andy, you have uh, crafts off now. You kind of have a sample size to to go off of. Is he as expected? Is he below expected or above expected uh, so far? I mean, it's one of those things where I think he is, and also depending on who you ask, I would say he's definitely a pleasant surprise on his play away from the puck. 
that is above expected. Uh, his out, his point output right now, I think it's probably to be expected because it's hard to, you know, even players that come into this league and look comfortable. It usually takes them a little bit to start racking up the points. You know, they don't, it's either they come kind of flying out of the gate or it's just a gradual. And you can see with him because how many good things is he doing a night with his skating and his vision and his passing? And it seems and like they're talking about him. He's going to get after his, every period. Yeah, and he's just every line he's on, he contributes to, and he fits. And that's the other thing; he fits his. He doesn't look out of place on the fourth line because he uses his skating to get in on pucks and forecheck. And yeah, you just see how rangy he is and how tall he is, and he's definitely put a little bit of, of mass on, even though he's still a pretty wiry kid. He's only gonna get stronger, but he's much. He looks much stronger on his skates. He's uh, and yeah, just his his agility really helps him in so many situations and just his confidence and his poise on the puck. And he can just beat guys to the outside with his little, you know, uh, shimmy shakes and body language. He can use that wide base. He, he, we've seen him make a number of passes, just kind of pivoting and spinning, you know, mohawking and spinning around and finding guys through creating seams for himself. And yeah, I mean, he just, he looks to me, it's it's funny because I was trying to when you, these young kids come in and you finally see them skating with the Rangers, you try to find the NHL comparables, even though you've watched them before, what they look like. And yeah, I mean, the Kuznetsov kind of comes out with the the fluid, smooth skating to me. And there's much has been made about the Rangers have so many wingers, and it would one of them ever convert to center. I mean, he's the the one I could maybe see more so than a Lafreniere and, and definitely an Atacaco. But at the same time, though, I do think that his forecheck ability is probably maximized on the wing, which is, you know, his pivot ability and his uh, first step and all that. I think it benefits him to be forechecking and be first on puck. So as F1, you know, as that winger. So, um, but to, it, in a long winded way to answer your initial question. Yeah, I think he looks about to be expected. Uh, and I'm actually a little, if I'm being honest, I'm a little surprised, pleasantly so, about how def- defensive, you know, how he looks on the other side of the puck. Uh, he's back checking, he's getting in, he's going to the areas you want him to be going to. And clearly this team is, was better the moment he stepped onto the roster, because every night that's just one less spot for you know, maybe a, 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 a sub replacement level player. And when he's on the ice, good things happen. Absolutely. And you look at, you know, if you watch the Ranger games at home, or even if you're listening on the radio, um, you know, after every period, his name gets brought up and it's because of his play, you know, every single period, every single shift, he, he, he just contributes somehow, some way. And, you know, I think that's good to see, you know, that type of impact, uh, pretty much immediately and you know i i think you know it also goes in with the theme of this entire team and how young they are and you know and how they're the the develop you know people criticizing the development so far but you know overall if you look at the kid line and then you look at crafts off and you you look at the you know the the impact that kako has had this year compared to last year you know you got to feel good as a ranger fan and you know, looking at the season the rest of the way, obviously it's a long shot for the playoffs. But, you know, next year you got to feel real good about yourself. Uh, you know, 
with the expectation that a bunch of these kids take another step, you know, especially Kako, you know, Kako, I feel like, again, he's like a stock where they're just accumulating shares and all of a sudden they're just going to let that puppy go and it's going to take off and, and, you know, he's going to go through the roof. Um, you know, just his play, you know, away from the puck has been impressive. Uh, he's just so much bigger and stronger. And then, you know, if, if Vitaly crafts off, you know, if he can finish out the season strong and, you know, uh, get a good off season in where he gets a little bit heavier, a little bit, you know, thicker, uh, you know, uh, cause he's a little taller and lankier. I think he's, you know, God, he's, what is he? Six, he's six, three. So he's a big boy and one eighty nine. you know, there. I could see him pushing into the, you know, the uh, 190s probably. Uh, don't want to get too thick, you know. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so how about K. Andre Miller? Not to cut you off. How about K. Andre Miller last night one-handing uh, devils to the ice with the, and keeping, you know, and using his other hand to keep the puck on his stick out of reach, you know? Uh, he's like, he's like a, 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 not like a cheat code, but it's almost like a, a play that you see in a video game. You know what I mean? Where you're just able yeah. to like just manhandle, like throw him to the ice and then gather the puck and, and, and continue to make the play like NHL's hit style. And we've de- I've definitely noticed him getting more physical in the corners and using his size more. And I mean, that spells trouble <laughs> for the rest of the league if if, you know, Miller is already such a explosive skater and confident offensively with the puck. And if you just add a little bit of a yeah if you just add confidence to use that size and even more strength it's just crazy to think that this kid might potentially even get a little uh, just as like a, a slightly taller and and put on some more muscle in the in the next few years it's scary well, yeah scary to think about and then that goes for all the rangers kako we're watching kako beast it out in the corners now and he's he's not, you know he's 20 years old he's or is he 19 i forget but he's yeah he he's you know, Kravtsov's 21, and the, you have 20 year, 20 year olds and Lafreniere and Kako, and Lafreniere already looks faster on his skates after a, the first few months. He's definitely forechecking more effectively. He looks confident. He's making more efficient feather plays, which he's kind of known for. And that's the biggest thing is that all of these, the, all the Rangers rookies are looking like themselves, or the, for, in those videos, we. We, the hype videos fans were watching leading into them coming into uh, their first seasons with the Rangers. What's up, y'all? And greetings from the hockey city of Smashville, home of the Nashville Predators and home to a new hockey podcast, the Catfish and Ice Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Join hosts Chad Benton, Rich Howe, and Colin Bluen every week as we bring to you hard-hitting and unfiltered Nashville Predators hockey analysis while also diving into the entertainment and music world here in Music City. We have a lot of fun doing it. Now is the time to join us for the ride, hockey fans. New episodes of the Catfish and Ice podcast every Tuesday and Friday. Download the Catfish and Ice podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcast. Yeah, and you know, if you if you look at, you know, just I mean, K. Andre Miller, I, he kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I don't know what people had expected out of Kraftsoff. I knew people just wanted him rostered, but I don't know if there was really hype around him coming into the NHL and just dominating. 
um, you know, I, I, that expectation I think was pretty much left for, you know, Kako and Lafreniere. Um, and then you look at the development of Hedl and, and his playmaking abilities and uh, just his, you know, ability to control the puck and control the play and just, you know, contribute any way he can. And, um, you know, it's he's definitely solidified himself as a third-line center. Whether or not he can take on the role of a second-line center, I still think is uh, the jury's out still on that one. But, um, you know, it's all good. And, you know, I, I do think, though, if you look at the way this team is built, they are going to have to move one of their wingers. I, I don't know who it is. And that's I say that with, you know, feeling unfortunate because I do think if if Kreider was to be signed, would have to sign this year. If like he was a free agent next year, I think he would have been moved without a doubt, given, uh, you know, the winger success so far uh, this season. What do you think? Sorry, say that one more time with Kreider. No. Like Kreider, if he, you know, if his contract year was this year, I really do think Kreider would have been moved at the deadline. Oh, yeah. I mean, in given like the Rangers youthful success on the wing. Yeah, of course. And in fairness to Jeff, obviously, the landscape of when Kreider resigned that contract to where they are now is was different. You didn't know Lafreniere was uh, was coming. Uh, You assumed you were getting a kid who would need us. To at least two two years before he could come contribute, uh, and yeah, obviously, his we've talked ad nauseum about his ability to go Casper the Friendly Ghost on this podcast, and he's just been flat out bad for this last stretch. Um, and yeah, I definitely think you do have to wonder going forward. I I know he has no. I'm, and he has a no move, although it does, I believe it gets shed in the final uh, couple years of that contract. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's clearly a logjam on the wings now between Panarin, Lafreniere, Kravtsov, Kako, and Kreider. Uh, Buchnevich. And, yeah, oh, and Buch, excuse me, Buch, Pavel Buchnevich. So, I mean, you know, one of those guys is going to be, yeah, I mean, y- it's one of them is going to be eventually unhappy with third line minutes. So, and unfortunately for us with Kreider's the, the number on his contract and his uh, no trade clause, you do have to speculate is Buchnevich long for this team. Does he get moved at the top height of his value, which would probably be this season. If you think about it, uh, it's a shame because obviously Kreider would, I would much rather move Kreider, but, it just might not be a feasible possibility. And um, yeah, I mean, and that's not much to say about any potential uh, young wingers the Rangers might have coming in future seasons, whether a Lori Pahuyanyemi finally makes the jump over. Um, yeah, and so it's just obviously there's limited real estate in the top six. And at a, at a certain point, it's going to be any of those players playing on the third line you might see as a, although obviously that's a, a sign of a good team when you have, you know, maybe second line to first line players playing on a third line. But yeah, I mean, Kreider, especially, and I'll, and I'll give Quinn credit just for, for, although I won't give him, I'll pump the brakes. I won't give him too much credit. It was nice. He moved him to the fourth line cause he clearly deserved it. But then again, in OT, he goes right back to Kreider, even though the kids were against the Islanders, even though the kids were buzzing all game and none of them saw any ice. Um, so that was 
disappointing. You know, Heal got in, but he gets double team and Strom misses his assignment twice and it's in the back of the net, which sucks. But yeah, uh, it's just, I think, I think even Larry Brooks wrote an article kind of saying enough with the, the veteran roadblock when the kids are clearly outpacing them right now, or at least outperforming them. Well, it seems like everyone has that message to Quinn, except and Quinn's not getting it because you hear it on the radio. Uh, you, you hear it, you know, in between periods with Al Kett. Um, You know, I, I think the fans on Twitter are pretty much saying the same thing, although, you know, you have to take everything uh, Twitter says with a grain of salt. Uh, you hear it on here, uh, you know, multiple times. Um, you know, it, it's just like it's one of those things. It's certainly frustrating, but I I. I get what Quinn is doing. You know what I mean? I feel like he doesn't want to fully uh, give that trust up yet. And I, and I think he really does feel like he can get, uh, you know, that extra point, you know, through the veterans, which I feel like if this was last year, a hundred percent, but this year things are kind of different. I feel like this team, um, you know, although there's a lot of similar faces, um, a lot of different faces too, but I, I feel like, you know, this season, you know, last season was dominated by the veterans, right? You weren't going to win a game if, if, if Mika or Panarin weren't contributing. This year, I feel like it's really a balancing act, you know? You got to find, you know, who's hot and who, who's not and, and kind of ride the, ride the hot hand. But, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm always down to criticize Quinn. Um, you know, I, I feel like he's a little hesitant to put his full trust into the, into the youth of this team. Um, you know, another player I, I wanted to bring up because I texted you earlier this week and you just completely ignored me. Like I, I brought up something completely irrelevant, um, uh, is, uh, you know, Adam Fox and, you know, 41 games played five goals, 34 assists for 39 points. He's second in, in Vegas odds to win the Norris trophy. Talk about a young kid contributing 22 years old, you know. Uh, you know, I feel like he's just not talked enough, uh, even though he's like not really like that young for this team, which is like sick to say, like, I feel like, you know, if you're 22, you're like kind of an, like an older guy on this team, which is kind of crazy. You know, Adam Fox, 22 years old, second, you know, in uh, Vegas odds for Norse. You know, how does that actually make you feel since, you know, you didn't even bother to text me back? Or show any excitement later on in the day when I had to bring it up. I mean, I refuse to get no he he should win it, and I refuse to get my hopes up that he will because he's not. They're gonna give it to Hedman. Fox could end with ten more points than Hedman and a higher plus minus, even though it's not really a telling stat, and he still will not win the the Norris just because it's not his time yet, as uh I forget who was Dan Rosen or someone on ESPN.com said. Uh well, well, don't you yeah, hate with the Norris just, Trophy? Because sometimes it's a most point trophy. And then sometimes it's, well, we got to give it to this guy because, you know, he's there's not a clear cut person. So we just have to give it to him like Hedman this year. Yeah, it kind of becomes like a lifetime the achievement of the, or, yeah. or a guy who probably deserves to have won it, but has it in the past few seasons. And that's how they go about awarding it. Um, yeah, but I mean. As it stands today, if the season ended tomorrow, he should win it. He's doing more on a team that you could argue is less stacked than the or efficient than the Tampa Bay Lightning, whatever you want to say. Obviously, the Rangers are offensively very talented, but you can also argue they're not 
the tier of contender that uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are, especially with Vasilevsky in net and Het McDonough and all their superstar, you know, your brain points and your Sorelli's and all those great checking two way forwards they have. Um, yeah, the Rangers are the youngest team in the league, and yet Adam Fox is one of the still one of the best defensemen in the league, especially this year with the improved defensive play by the Rangers as a unit overall. It's obviously helped, and he deserves to win it, but he will not. And so, like I said, it's it's great that he is putting up the numbers, but I just I can just pre, like Panera not winning the like the heart last year. I just don't want to get myself prematurely pissed off about this because he's not going to win it. If he does, I'll be obviously ecstatic and I'll eat all the crow in the world. But again, I'm just he should right now he should win it unless he goes cold for the the rest of the season. But yeah, uh, it's never been awarded based on whether or not some player was a revelation or not. Yeah. And but, you know, I just feel like, you know, he's finally, I guess, trending in a direction where he gets the credit he deserves. And, you know, that's just nice. And that's exciting, you know, especially as a, a Rangers fan who oh, absolutely, you know, you really haven't seen a defenseman like this. And, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, he's he's kind of blown the, the doors off of, uh, uh, you know, expectations. So for him to be this this good this quickly is is pretty amazing. I think we all knew what he could possibly turn into, but you know, uh you know, the Brian Leach comparisons, you know, they're not get they're not that crazy anymore. And you know, he's just putting up these assists, you know, his vision, his ability to be so calm and poised with the puck. Uh it's always tape to tape. There's never bad passes. And you know, he puts it through players, he puts it around players. Um, you know, he's dishing sauces. It's just, it's his, his ability to create scoring chances, even if he's standing still is just spectacular to watch. And we're so lucky to, you know, to say we have him, um, you know, another player obviously that needs to be mentioned is Artemi Pernarin, 31 games played. He's got 13 goals and 30 assists. It's, you know, pretty remarkable. Uh, I know everyone is now seeing the stat that he is uh, the quickest ranger to 100 points, uh, beating Mark Messier. Um, you know, some other names on the list. Obviously, Yager was a huge one, and and Yager still holds the I think the single se- season record of points. Um, you know, Benarin. You know, although he's been here, it feels like he's been here for five years already. He's only been here for two, and and they haven't been full seasons. Uh, with COVID and then obviously this one being a 56 game schedule. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I don't think you will, you'll have a problem with this, but you know, why is Panarin so dominant? And, you know, looking at the stars that we've brought in in the past, you know, I think the most recent one I think you can compare him to is Rick Nash. Why is, does he stand out compared to a player like Rick Nash? Well, I think for the one thing, I I think the fact that there is expectation in New York, but that being said, I I don't know if it's Panarin's demeanor, the fact that he comes, he came to this team to, because Rick Nash was a former captain, so I think they were expecting him to add an element to of leadership on top of bring superstar production to the Rangers. But Panarin, yeah, he didn't really have that. He just came in as like, where does he want to play? 
And other than that, it's just, yeah, he just kind of has the same happy-go-lucky d- demeanor he's always had. He clearly has an eternal fire because he really, you can count the number of bad games he's had in the last two seasons, maybe on one hand, you know? And he can still have a bad game and still have get get an assist. And when he has a normal game, he has he has multi point games. So, and yeah, it's just one of those things where I think, unlike a Rick Nash or a Marion Gabrick, Panarin's the type of player that makes any line he's on better because he can find guys in any position with his vision and his skating. Uh, his two way play is sneaky underrated just because. Like I said, he's good at takeaways all over the ice. He's got great anticipation. He helped. He's a he. He can kind of commands the ice like a center does, even though he's a winger. He usually comes out to help. He'll start breakouts himself, or he'll come. You know, be the one who kind of comes back to help uh, shepherd the D up the ice if need be. Um, it's just yeah. I think it's just a, it's a few things you know. But I do think it's that like I said that demeanor I mentioned is important because. He just has that attitude. Nothing phases him. And you maybe you could argue the fact that he doesn't have to, you know, he'll, he can go through a translator and be comfortable. He has a little bit of, you know, shielding from some questions or expectations, or it's like after bad losses, he's not the one out there answering, you know, like Kreider and Mika or Truba have to. Um, but at the same time, it's, yeah, I mean, you clearly see him. He he definitely leads in his own way, and he's you see him and he's always encouraging Lafreniere, Lafreniere and Kako and the young guys on the bench. So they definitely look to him and his play. But uh, yeah, like like you said, I think he's you know he ha- has the, the record for the most points as a Ranger in his first hundred games. I think he has 138 points in 100 games, which is insane. <laughs> you know, incredible. Uh, especially considering the era some of those guys played in were maybe a little bit higher scoring. Well, higher scoring. You had Yager playing on the check line, which was, you know, maybe a top five line in the NHL. Alt. Oh, Jesus. One of the best lines of all time, you could argue, it, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just, you know, obviously Messier, the career he had and the ability of, to him to score points was unbelievable. And then now Panarin, you know, kind of surpasses that. Um, you know, I was having this conversation with a few of my friends and, you know, I don't think you can crown him the best Ranger right now, but point, you know, point for point, you know, Panarin right now is in a discussion as, you know, one of the all time, you know, best, you know, uh, producing players right now uh, you know, as it stands I mean, for 100 games. Absolutely. And, you know, luckily for Panarin, I think he's a guy much like a Patrick Kane that his career will age well. He doesn't take a lot of punishment because he's so elusive. He doesn't really get hit too often. Uh, and also it's because his game is, yes, it's his skating is obviously a big asset like a Patrick Kane, but at the same time, it's not his, a turn you know, his vision is, yeah, his, his puck control and his vision is ultimately, which makes him so dangerous. So even as he, if he, you could shape, let's say he loses a step as he enters his thirties or his early to mid thirties. Well, you know, fortunately for him, even if that shaves maybe 10 to 15 points off of his total output, you know, he only he drops from like a 110 to 15 point player to, a, you know, a 90 point player just based on his vision, his production on the power play and just his ability to find guys. So it just kind of bodes well for him aging. 
Whereas well, you have a guy also, like Kreider. Well, and not to cut oh, you sorry, off, but to, you, not... you're, you're also assuming that he ends up still playing with Ryan Strom. Could you imagine if you put him with a, you know, an elite center, maybe a top five center in the National Hockey League? What kind of production you can get out of him, out oh, of him then? Ab- yeah, and you know, I don't. Uh, Panarin seems to have worked almost on in some fashion and on almost any line when him and Mika get stacked together at times, they've had some great results. Uh, but obviously the Rangers want to spread the wealth out as they should, which is smart. Um, but yeah, you do have to wonder if this team goes after a Jack Eichel, even with the injury concerns, maybe right now, or Alexander Barkov decides to walk in free agency or, uh, another in the, with the, the cap, the way it is that we do see another really talented promising center walk in the next few seasons or at least get uh, be made available to, so a team can shed necessary salary uh yeah i mean it's a, it's a definitely interesting proposition but i think it's the beauty of panarin is that he can elevate uh pedestrian maybe you know and listen i will give strom a lot of credit at least offensively he has been his numbers away from panarin are maybe not as good but they're pretty god darn close and he was very good but when he came to the rangers before panarin got here and he was good when panarin was out dealing with his issues he was still producing so yeah so credit to him um but uh yeah i I mean listen panarin as it stands today at with a trajectory he's on you know it's it's definitely the type of career with a team that could get your number retired if all goes well you know um especially with some of the, the records he's breaking right now but but yeah, let's not put the cart before the horse. Uh, this is a team that's clearly building towards something. Um, and speaking of building towards something, the Rangers announced that uh, they have signed Zach Jones, fresh off of winning, uh, you know, a, a, a college championship with the Minutemen. Uh, their speculation was that he was going to return for uh, for his senior year, but apparently that's not happening. And yeah, you have to wonder if just winning winning a national championship kind of changed his tune a little bit. And he's like, well, I've done that. So why would I waste this opportunity to collect some, you know, make some money? Um, my dog is having a, a bad dream next to me. I'm going to wake her up really quick. Hey, wake up. You're all right. Sorry about that. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just very interesting considering there was talk that he was going to return and you do have to wonder maybe, especially seeing all the litany of young players the rangers have coming up especially defensemen maybe this is his way to kind of get himself in the door early because yeah maybe he says i see all these young defensemen in the pipeline and i yeah there's a lot of competition so what's for him to pull an adam fox and say listen i'll just, just go back and either you sign me or i'm going back and i'm going to test you know free agency when my after four years of college so the ball was kind of in his court you'd have to imagine but listen if he's also betting on himself in in a way so good for him apparently we don't know when but he he will see some nhl ice apparently sometime this season uh so that'll be very interesting to see where he's at but he's clearly made a lot of strides at least in terms of his on the defensive side of the game because he's kind of like an adam fox light when it comes to his vision and his uh hockey sense and his puck moving ability uh so i yeah i mean it's just kind of it's weird to think about having a, a a decor where you have adam fox and you have like an adam fox light um or type player you have two of them the rangers have such a litany of young talented defensemen in their system right now they're like just weeds popping up everywhere 
which is a scary proposition for the rest of the league. And obviously amazing as a fan, it just it's unbelievable this season or the last two seasons, just the amount of young players that are, are breaking in and making their de- debut. And there's more on the way. It's just, like I said, it's just crazy to think about, but um, it's exciting. Uh, so again, I don't know when we'll see Zach Jones this season. Hopefully it's soon. I'm hoping the Rangers continue their dominance over the New Jersey Devils. Cause again, this is the stretch they have to put it all together. If they're going to make a run, this will be their best chance. And if they can't capitalize on this, we keep saying this, and they've kept themselves floating. They've just been treading water, uh, but they're slowly making those uh, those butterfly strokes. They've passed the flyers who seem to be imploding. Uh, they have the Bruins in their crosshairs, and the Bruins not so convincingly beat Buffalo in OT the other day. So yeah, who knows? Maybe even with the addition of Taylor Hall, that might not be enough for them. The Rangers are still in it, and they need to stay the course. Hopefully, Igor is up to the task, and as is the rest of the team, and they need to realize what kind of lays in front of them. They control their own destiny, and just think of it as house money. Just think of it as you are a young team that is learning to play together, but you can, together, you can push to do something great. And if this, the youngest team in the National Hockey League, New York Rangers, can make the playoffs in this season with everything they've been through so far, I mean, it's a uh, a ex- excellent. It would be a high mark for them, and B, it would kind of be an indictment on some of the things other teams have been unable to push through. Because again, we've talked about this before, and you see this in organizations like Buffalo and Arizona and Ottawa. It's that culture plays such a big part about being a winning team, and the Rangers. They want to be winners, and they want to hold themselves to a higher expectation, a higher standard, and uh, we're finally seeing, a, kind of getting that crystallized glimpse of what this young, talented team can look like in the future, and you can kind of just see them becoming a Stanley Cup winner in the next few seasons. You don't want to, like I said, don't want to put the cart before the horse, but when you see them, this team, playing well together through on rolling three lines that can all be deadly and contribute in their own way it's yeah it's i mean you know your eyes can't help but light up thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.